0: really true what they say, that March Madness never fails to disappoint, and we definitely saw it again this year. The Virginia Cavaliers are the champions and have closed the book on March Madness 2019. Taylor Snyder will be joining me today in the studio to recap a really phenomenal tournament and a little bit about where some of these guys that really stood out in the tournament, where they could go next. But first, I'm going to kick this one to Marty in the corner. All right, this
1: is, uh, this is an oldie, but, uh, well... It's an oldie where I come from.
0: All right, guys. Uh, listen, this is a blues riff and B. Watch me for the changes and try and keep up, okay? Taylor, this is uh, this is kind of a sad day. That the college basketball season has come to an, inevit- an inevitable end. Yeah. But we got you on the show back to back weeks.
1: How are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. Not good because college basketball is over, but uh, a lot of sports this week. The Masters coming up, NHL playoffs starting. Um, If you want to get really freaky with it, speaking of NCAA, we have the NCAA Hockey Championships this weekend, so there's still a lot to look forward to. Um, But my favorite time of year is March Madness, period. 100% no debate, so it is a little upsetting. Uh, Was happy with the result, though, last night, and we're going to talk a lot about that, but... Um, Yeah, I thought it was a great run for both teams, really. I thought the tournament produced a little bit more than I expected, and I think the best team came out in this tournament at the end.
0: I definitely do agree with you. The Texas Tech-Virginia in the final, it was played at U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, and the crazy thing is this was the first time since 1979 that neither team has played in a championship before this game, and the last time that happened was with Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. Right. We were seeing two of the top defenses in college basketball. This was really a game I was looking forward to as much as I really didn't want to look forward to it. Not to say I didn't look forward to it, but Texas Tech and Virginia, neither teams I had going deep in the tournament in my original bracket. But to see, you know, it was a good game. I thought both teams, as you said, were well-deserving of being in this situation. So what are your initial thoughts on this game? Virginia beat Texas Tech 85-77. Uh, I mean, Where do for, you start?
1: First thing, I, I start at DeAndre Hunter, you know, and I think, I think about Virginia in overtime too, 10 for 10 from the free throw line. But first and foremost, I mean, DeAndre Hunter, three shots, three different instances in the final five-minute stretch of that game. Uh, played phenomenal. I mean, he, you know, the big-time players need to make the big-time plays, and both teams played a phenomenal game. I really think, you know, despite what the final score was, Texas Tech, vice versa, easily could have won that basketball game last night. But when you really go back and you look at the big shots in that game, you know, I'm going to remember DeAndre Hunter's shot I'm going to remember Kyle Guy at the free throw line to get them to the national championship. And I'm, I'm definitely going to remember 10 for 10 from the free throw line in overtime. Those, for me, were the three biggest reasons why Virginia was able to pull it out. And, uh, you know, we saw it with Duke earlier on. You know, when Duke got knocked down, they got close with a lot of teams, Virginia Tech, you know, UCF. Um, you know, it was, it was it felt like one of those games where it was going to be down to the wire the last shot. And um, yeah, I mean, I thought UVA played a phenomenal job in overtime, and this group I I thought was a little bit more complete than Texas Tech, but I thought Texas Tech had um, a great run, and I think Tariq Owens, um, you know, phenomenal player Mooney, um, played out of their minds, you know, you really can't say enough about the game, but... UVA came out victorious because they were the better team, in my opinion.
0: I was telling you before the show that I uh, I was rooting for Texas Tech for most of the way through this game, and then or going into this game at least. And then as the game progressed, I kept finding myself wanting Virginia to pull it out. And that's because, man, this Virginia team is just such a complete team. You mentioned guys like DeAndre Hunter, who was absolutely the hero in overtime and yeah. in the final stretch of those last couple minutes of regulation you have a guy like Kyle Guy who I'm telling you man that kid is special he is a special basketball player and they this team would not be where they are without him he's got I think he might be the most reliable player in this entire tournament you know some of the shots he's knocked down both from the stripe and some of the threes he's been able to knock down. But the other name I think we definitely want to bring up is Ty Jerome. And although yeah. he had three, maybe four floaters around the rim that he couldn't get to fall, the way he moves the ball and the way he can find his teammates when dribble driving and trying and drawing so much attention to find an outlet pass, perfect example was that DeAndre Hunter three from the corner that tied the ball game in the final seconds of regulation. Ty Jerome just missed two shots going to the lane right before that. So he did the same exact move, he did it again, and he had way more space to get a shot up, but he still found the open lane to find his teammate, and it was a beautiful corner three from DeAndre Hunter. So it's just a complete team, man. This team looked really good, and as you were saying... They, they definitely deserve to be the team that came out on top.
1: And I think uh, Virginia, even though they gave up that lead, you know, they were up by 10 points. You know, twice in this game, Texas Tech fell down by 10, and I think that's what ultimately hurt them. You know, they were able to keep the game close, but it seemed like UVA sort of dictated it in the second half. Uh, and I thought, uh, really, you know, Kyle Guy to get, like you said, Ty Jerome setting it up for DeAndre Hunter. But, uh, you know, really, when you look at the game, in perspective, going into overtime, it's still anyone's ball game. And Texas Tech never got an opportunity to go to the free throw line. And if you look at UVA, I mean, 10 foul shots in overtime alone. Compared to
0: zero is yeah, just ridiculous. compared to
1: zero is ridiculous. And, you know, that call, I know that's a whole other mountain to climb right now, but that call to me in the biggest moment, you know, would they have reviewed something like that in the first half? No. But my whole thing about a call like that is when the game's on the line in – it's a situation where you feel like, you know, it's not totally indisputably. The, the official should know for an absolute fact that that 100% was off Virginia last. No doubt about it. If he has any suspicions, you should review it. There's under 20 seconds Absolutely. left of the game. It's Absolutely. the national championship game. And you have yeah. to get that call right. You have to get that right. And I think they did from the angles we saw. I mean, it reminded me a lot. I know we got two Boston fans in the studio. It reminded me a lot of the Julian Edelman play yep. where he... Yep. I don't still to this day don't know what he was thinking, but he tried to scoop up that punt in the AFC Championship and <laughs> did it did, did it swipe his finger? Did it, hit did it the hit swipe his thumb? And it, it reminded me of that. It was deja vu all over again, and I thought the call was correct, but uh, it definitely it's definitely a, a bigger topic with with replay and and how you use it. And I think they use it effectively here. I'm going to stand firmly by that. I think. It's under twenty seconds left in the national championship. If you're I, not totally we, sure review it,
0: yeah, I couldn't agree more. And they always say when they review calls like that in the final couple minutes of a game is if you're not absolutely certain, then you can't overturn it. You got to yeah. go with the call on the floor. And I think there was definitely enough evidence on a call like that to overturn. It. I think they made the right call. And at the end of the day, it was Virginia ball, and Virginia played the final few minutes and overtime incredibly well the entire game was very back and forth both teams very strong defensively and I felt that both teams moved the ball offensively incredibly well Mm -hmm. but penetrating the penetrating the bucket was so tough for both teams and there was a lot of shots from like just one or two steps inside the arc or just beyond the arc uh for most of the way through the first half it felt like it took time for the offense to really get going on both ends of the floor but man both teams really just Great defensive efforts yeah. and Virginia definitely deserved to come out on top.
1: And I think one matchup I know you were big on this one was Jared Culver and DeAndre Hunter. You were wow. talking about the big twelve defensive. I three. was I was ready to write off that yeah. game
0: when Jared Culver and DeAndre Hunter went one on one in the final uh, final minute or so. Um, of overtime I'm pretty yeah, sure it was, it was yeah. in overtime and he gave that in and out hesitation spin move and he got to the bucket and went right by him against one of the best defenders in college basketball I was ready to write off Virginia and sign it, seal, deliver, Texas Tech you're like you're the champion but man they fought back but that was a great move I really liked to see that matchup, that was one yeah, uh, That I was mean, one for the ages. Big
1: 12 player of the year man Jared Culver, phenomenal, Tariq Owens, Mooney I mean you, you really look back there's so many great names in this tournament and I know you're really big been- on Kyle Guy being uh, extremely reliable guy, and no pun intended, actually right there that was totally by accident. <laughs> that, was that was pretty good. That uh, was pretty good. I look back on Virginia, you know, it, and I think just kind of wrap it up here. You know, you look at last season with UMBC, they lose by twenty to a sixteen seed, the first time ever. I mean, to get to this point, it's the true romance. It's the epitome of the love story. I want to get your perspective though. In An entire encapsulation of this tournament, what was the 2019 NCAA tournament to you? Like, do, what did you feel like this tournament represented beyond, uh, the literally from worst to first?
0: Without a doubt, this is the tournament of shooters. Yeah, that we saw guys like Carson Edwards, Kyle Guy, uh, Jordan Bone, these guys that can just shoot the ball at, at absolute will, they can knock down incredible shots. It was hands down. The epitome of what basketball has become in 2019, the way basketball has evolved is it's turning into the era of, I'm hesitant to call it this, but it's the era of James Harden. Right. Where most of the shots are coming from beyond the arc or within the paint. It's, yeah, it's phenomenal. I mean, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, that's just the world we're living in. And man, some of the shots, these guys are knocking down in the clutch and throughout the game. Oh, what's the other guy I'm missing? Fletcher uh, Fletcher McGee, Fletcher McGee, Fletcher McGee, Fletcher from McGee was a, yeah, that was the other he name I couldn't hit a three think of. In that game, that he went game he hit to, went Carolina. from hitting you know eight nine threes in a game to not hitting us to going 0 oh, for twelve. But this without a doubt in my mind, this was the year of the shooters. We've seen it the whole way, but that's essentially the world we're now living in. Is these guys are pulling from ridiculous ranges, whether you're turning into Steph Curry, James Harden, whatever you want to call it, and for better or for worse, that's where we've come.
1: I I really what I look back on this year. It's, it's hard it's hard for me to put it into words. I was gonna Coming into the studio today, I was thinking I was going to call this the year of so close to beating Duke. Because it seemed like our hearts just got ripped oh out time god, and time. Oh my god, every Peace time. Williams, Virginia <laughs> Tech and UCF and all the close shots. But yep, for yep. me, I, I think of this year as more infuriating than satisfying. And I, I want to start off with one point here. That New Mexico State game versus Auburn.
0: That just set the tone. That set
1: the tone for the entire tournament. The kid has a wide open layup. I believe he tried to dish it out. He should have gone for the New layup. Mexico, yeah. New
0: Mexico State had every opportunity in the world to win that game because not only did he get a drive to the bucket when down two in the final four seconds of the game, he passes it out, which I don't hate that idea no. because he had a guy right on his hip. There's not. There's no guarantee he's gonna make. He's gonna get fouled on that call. Kicks it out, makes a great pass, and the guy gets fouled beyond the arc. Mm-hmm. He gets three shots at the line. I'm sorry, but that's just the way the game goes. I had New Mexico State in that game, but if you're a college basketball player, you need to be able to hit free throws, especially oh, yeah. at such a high level. And, you know, they say it all the time. These games are won and lost at the free throw line. Oh, yeah. It's he hits free one throw, of three.
1: It's been free throw awareness month since 2013.
0: <laughs> and then what happens after that? So yeah. the Auburn gets the ball inbounds, and somehow New Mexico comes up with it. On an out-of-bounds play, New Mexico gets a chance to inbound the ball. They get a wide-open corner three, and he airballs it. They have every chance in the world to come away with that win, and because of those four seconds, if they swung a little bit different, Auburn Mm -hmm. isn't even close to making it to the national championship, never mind the Final Four. I think
1: one here, a little backyard love right now, Cincinnati, speaking of your boy Mick Cronin going to UCLA today, out to Westwood, California, getting that head coach hiring. Uh, I think Cincinnati losing in the first round to Iowa, who beat Temple— uh, my senior year of high school would have been 2016, Temple lost to Iowa. That's one I'm going to look back at. I'm Most certainly, I think the one that's going to stab me in the heart, even now, I still even feel this now, was that UCF-Duke game and what could have been because I thought UCF could have been an interesting matchup for Michigan State. And I really thought Houston could have made a deeper run. I thought if they had cleared Kentucky, that would have been a whole wide-open range for them. Houston's a really good team. And, you know, next year they're going to dominate the American, it's already signed, sealed, delivery. Kelvin Sampson's proven this is his conference right now, so... Yeah, established.
0: Yeah, Taylor, you're starting to get into it, but what do you think has been the most exciting game for you to watch and what's been the most absolutely infuriating game throughout this entire tournament?
1: The infuriating one, I think, was Virginia Tech at the Free throw line playing Duke in that game because, you know, you can look back at, um, I believe that was Khalil. I forgot who got the last shot. It wasn't Blackshear. Um, It was Hill on Virginia Tech. That's exactly who. You look back at, you know, the shot he missed in that game. um, You know, there were so many missed free throws in that second half by Virginia Tech. I think that was super infuriating. Um, I think Murray State, um, I was a little naive about them. I thought they could have made a deep run. I thought they could have beat Florida State. Um, I think it would have been exciting to get John Moran at least in the Sweet 16. Um, That was somewhat infuriating, but... I'm with you, I'm with you yeah. on that
0: John Morant pick. I, I picked Murray State to beat Marquette, and they obliterated him. They 20-balled him, and Josh showed out you know, the triple-double and enough highlights to fill a whole highlight reel. But I didn't have them going far beyond that because from what I knew about Murray State, which is not a whole lot because I didn't pay attention the whole season, is it didn't feel like they had the team to really make a deep run beyond one of the best players in college basketball. And when all you have is one guy, it doesn't necessarily feel like a tournament run is the inevitable storyline.
1: Yeah, I, and you look back at this tournament, you know, there wasn't really like a Cinderella, I feel like, truly this year as there was in years past. And I thought a couple of potentials that maybe could have done it. VCU has a really good basketball team. Their top nine scorers are coming back next year. VCU is going to be a, a really good team next year. I think Temple may get them again. We'll have to see about that. But I thought they could have kind of remade that Cinderella run they had in 2011. Nope, they got knocked early. Belmont, I totally bought into, they got knocked early. So. Really looking back on it, I can't really think of a slipper. Uh, yeah, no, you know, no really, yeah, not, I had no Cinderella stand out. I had I had
0: New Mexico State thinking they could be a Cinderella, getting to maybe the Sweet 16. But the other big one I had was Buffalo. A six seed oh, Buffalo, yeah. Buffalo had everything hurt. it took to get to the Final Four, and they Buffalo felt... had
1: one of the best starts out of any team in regular season this yeah. year. I mean, in regular season play, they were phenomenal. But out to be of the game. to be
0: fair, looking back on Buffalo, the 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 path they had to get to the Final Four was almost impossible. Yeah, it definitely was. So falling was. to Texas Tech was not necessarily the end of the world or the biggest surprise. Um, but again, man, as you alluded to earlier, this Duke team, game in and game out, seeing them get so close to losing and then not. But that Michigan State Duke game was that was a
1: huge one. Um, they really just knocked down the Goliath that is Zion Williamson. Yeah, and I think one that's going to get totally slept on. I'm glad I looked at this bracket right now. is the Gonzaga losing to Texas Tech? Because you know Gonzaga every single year. You know they went to the national championship a couple years ago and lost, but every single year I feel like they're always a one seed and. Because the the West, what are they playing? Like the WCC, WAC, whatever it is. The WAC, Western Athletic Conference, is is so damn easy. So I thought that was kind of one that no one really talked about too much. Gonzaga got chalked there, and. The one that really goes to my soul was Tennessee, which we were both huge on from the start. Yeah, right we, from the yeah. start.
0: Before we get into that, one other thing about um, just you know having a tough path to get to the Final Four was this Auburn team beating three, three of the winningest programs sure. in all of NCAA history to beat Kansas, UNC, and Kentucky was a huge feat, and to see their best player, Okidi, I think is how you say his name, to go down with an ACL is really horrible to see because Bruce Pearl, in my opinion, is one of the greatest coaches we saw in this tournament. Just as a coach, as a human being, really an amazing, amazing guy. Um, but yeah, to your point, man, this Tennessee team, I fell in love with from right from the tip on this opening, uh, in the round of 64 guys like Admiral Schofield, Grant Williams, Jordan bone. Like they were, they were a complete, you want to talk about a complete team. That was them. And these guys are bruisers and these guys want to fight and these guys want to win, which I think was really incredible to see. And it just fits every slipper of a fits it checks off every box of a team that can go really deep in the playoffs. But yeah. Taylor, I know you have some, I know you have some thoughts. Some thoughts about Admiral Schofield, which I think it's important that we talk about.
1: I'd like to drop this as a consideration, and this is not like anything too deep here. But, you know, when you look at Admiral Schofield and Zion Williamson, this crossed our path here when we were walking out the studio last week. The similar build between the two, I, I really think people are, are acknowledging the fact that Zion... It's only a matter of about and, 30 pounds. It's only a matter of 35. about 30 pounds. The height's about similar. Obviously, Zion is a bit more muscular than Admiral. Not That's not saying a lot, though, because you know Admiral Schofield's in, in, in extremely good shape. And When I watch the two play, it's similar movement, but I almost feel like Admiral Schofield will be a better shooter in the NBA because of his skill set, being so versatile, and his ability to drive to the rim like Zion, but having the ability to shoot in his back pocket. And He's going to be a great defender in the league, Admiral Schofield. He was in the SEC, was at Tennessee, and I I think he'll be a phenomenal player in the NBA, and I think a lot of people are talking about Zion going number one overall, and it, it, it'll. He's definitely going to go at number one overall. but I Schofield's definitely a sleeper at I the end of the first round, early pick. second round. I, I personally think he's a top ten pick. Oh, I, I'm with you. I don't know who wouldn't sleep on another Zion Williamson that can shoot better than Zion whether, Williamson.
0: <laughs> whether or not he's better than Zion Williamson in the long run, you, yeah. uh, the fact that Admiral Schofield is dropping is well, so low in the... In the mock drafts. Obviously,
1: Zion has a freak amount of ability here. I mean, you know, we're not, I'm not saying the yeah. two are one-of-a-kind. Zion Williamson is a special one-of-a-kind player. You, you know, I'm, I'm talking the most hype I've seen since LeBron James at a high school. For sure. And his body build is, is completely different. I mean, he's a freak of nature. I mean, the kid, kid's total athlete. But I'm not saying Admiral Schofield is that. What I'm saying is the skill set and the way they play the game is similar in the physicality, and, and I don't I, think it's I and, don't
0: think it's so crazy to say from a basketball perspective that Admiral Schofield is just a better mm-hmm. is just a better hoops guy. Well,
1: he can he can do more. Like I said, he can shoot, and I'm not saying Zion can't shoot, but he's not going to be able to shoot like that in the league. He's
0: not going to be a consistent NBA shooter no at way. least his rookie year. But no the way. thing about Zion is he'll be hopefully around some of the greatest coaches in the world, and he has so much potential that there's no way you'd ever want to pass on him right. with the first overall pick. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like can he really evolve his game to be whatever you want to call him, yeah. the next, you know, get crazy and call him the next LeBron, Get, you know, call him the next Charles Barkley, the next Blake Griffin, whoever you want to compare him to.
1: Mm-hmm. He is a freak of nature human being, mm-hmm. but how does that translate into a league? He's not going to be a big man. I mean, for sure he's going to play a, a position similar to what LeBron plays. I'm sure that's what the Knicks will probably want him to play because when you really look at that roster, I mean, Dennis Smith Jr., Being the only player to mind that I'm super crazy about, if I'm being completely honest, the New York Knicks are a bit of a disaster right now, so... I would say that they're going to put him in a similar position to what LeBron James would play, a similar type role. Yeah, Zion will Not definitely... leadership-wise, I'm saying of course, uh, offensively. D-
0: uh, Zion will definitely have to play positionless basketball, which is kind yeah. of the direction basketball is moving anyway. Yeah. But he's played center his whole life. He's played power forward his whole life. If he plays that in the NBA, he'll get swallowed up. Yeah. He won't, all of his moves will go out the window, and he won't be able to be as nearly as productive. Yes, he has an incredible physique and incredible strength, to get inside and will his way inside to pull down rebounds and to get bo- uh, get boards and put them back inside but he's got to be able to extend the floor and mm-hmm. if he's going to be successful in the NBA at the next level he's got to play the 3 I don't want to I don't think he needs to go anywhere near playing the 2 but if he can at least play the 3 and extend the yeah, floor from the, the wing a little position. bit He definitely needs to get somewhat of a consistent shoot shot to be able to be a threat from the wing and be Mm -hmm. able to take you off the dribble too.
1: Yeah, I mean, extending the floor, you said it completely best. And I thought it was kind of funny because in high school, when you watched him on film, you know, he was just so much bigger than all these kids. He he towered over these kids, and his game was strictly rim drive basketball, just get to the bucket. I mean, he didn't really have to shoot as much because he was so God-given ability compared to most of the kids he was playing against. And these are good kids. I mean, this is South Carolina, North Carolina, atlanta basketball which is a good scene but uh his game had to evolve to college people were saying you know how would his game evolve and it, he it evolved properly so i think with a, a year and you know a right guy with some right guidance i think he could be a phenomenal player in the nba but uh, with the position he's going to be in going number one overall, none of those teams are, are really set up too much for the future right now. So it's definitely going to be a process with the kids. Yeah,
0: for sure. The Knicks are going to have to find a way to bring in some more talent. I mean, they got yeah. a lot of young pieces. A lot of young pieces in Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Knox, Alonzo Trier. Bring in Zion is just another... You know, another 19-year-old that's going to help this team, maybe. But yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, until the Knicks get rid of James Dolan, the Knicks are not going to be anything to write home about. They're not going to yeah. be a playoff team. They're not going to even be a 9 or 10 seed, um, and which is really sad to see because I don't want to—the worst thing that could happen for basketball is to see a guy as hyped up as LeBron James was f- go to the Knicks and the Knicks just ruin him, whether that's they put him in a hole— um, one of the best basketball cities, but really one of the worst basketball teams, or the worst basketball team, to see all that talent, all that physique, and what might inevitably be his prime go to waste would be a really horrific scene.
1: Yeah, and I'd hate to see it too. You know, I'm rooting for the kid totally because I want to see, I want to see something. You know, this this new age of NBA right now, it's kind of interesting. You know, um, the the game's just totally different from when we grew up watching the NBA and. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see where it'll go 10 years from now. And Zion Williamson, you know, he has the potential to be great. And, you know, I love seeing greatness, and I love appreciating it. And I'd love to see him become a next chapter of greatness. And he's definitely got the swagger and the attitude. I mean, the kid's, you know, always smiling, always having a good time. I mean, he's intense and loves to play the game. So we'll, we'll see. The New York Knicks, man, I, I'm telling you, they, they, they gotta they got to sign someone, man. It's not even. Not even. They draft. gotta make some kind. They, of move. They can't just draft anymore, man. They're gonna. They're gonna draft, but I, I, that's not gonna get them anywhere. The New York Knicks have done this for years now. It's this. They. They. I mean. They, they just got. At the end of the day, I mean. They just gotta sign someone, man. Or, or no. Nothing's gonna go anywhere with Zion. I mean, Zion Williamson's not gonna run the New York Knicks into a seven-six seed in the playoffs. You know,
0: not a chance. One guy can't do it all. But who else in this tournament has really
1: impressed you the most? Carson Edwards, and he was impressive last year, too, for Purdue. And Purdue, I thought, last year was a bit better uh, talent-wise. Um, a guy was huge on for Purdue was Caleb Swanigan. Um, I remember when he was on Purdue, and I, I thought Purdue actually could have made it to the national championship this year. They disappointed me a little bit, but... Carson Edwards I thought was phenomenal, and I, I believe he declared for the NBA draft. He did yeah. Just, yeah, just yesterday yeah. the day before. Yeah, and I'm super excited to see what he can do because the kid's freaking awesome. I mean, he can shoot. He's so tough. I, I love the, the position he plays. I love um, his style of play, the way he, he can get to the rim. He kind of finds different ways um, that you don't really see too often in the NCAA. So I, I really uh, admire his, his play. And I think it'll be interesting to see where he'll go in the NBA. I think he's easily a first-round pick, but maybe go top 15. And I, I think he'll be phenomenal too. So I thought he was really slept on in this tournament.
0: One guy I really felt, uh, you know, made it was a difference maker in this tournament all season long was for Michigan State, Cassius Winston. To see Joshua oh, yeah. Langford, a huge, huge piece in that Michigan State offense, go down with an injury in the you know middle of the season, but. Man, Tom Izzo is one of the best coaches in college basketball. He only has what one championship in the last 20 years, but he's uh, consistently in the Final 4, Sweet 16. His team is always making runs and guys that play for him play 3, 4 years and get to that point, they get to the Final 4, they get to the Elite 8, they get to the Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. He's, he, he that guy breeds talent and he breeds good college basketball teams. Mm-hmm. So I guess, you know, when you're done the tournament, the next thing to turn to is the draft, mm-hmm. which we got a, a little bit of time before, but essentially, right now, if you look at the mock drafts, you have Zion Williamson at the one, RJ Baird at the two, and John Morant at the three, which, depending on. Where the lottery falls, um, you can debate who goes 2-3. But then you have Jerick Culver out of Texas Tech, yeah. who's really proved himself, especially I, in this tournament, Tim Reddish at 5.
1: I could definitely see Jerick Culver going to the Hawks, and they need that right now. Trey Young has impressed me this year. I, I must say, I was a little um, uneasy about Trey Young. I thought he should have stayed another year, just because sure. there were some facets of his game. I, I didn't really like like too much at first, but Trey Young's been great. And if they had Jerick Culver there, I mean, listen, the Hawks are going to get two picks in the top ten. So, if they use those wisely, I mean, they're going to continue to build up. Um, They just got to get rid of those ugly jerseys, man. I just hate those jerseys. (laughs) They got to, they got to
0: do a little New York Jets rebranding. Oh my
1: god, I hate those jerseys. They're the worst.
0: And okay. then you got a guy like DeAndre Hunter who falls not not falls but the seventh overall pick. I'm I think is humongous a great place.
1: on DeAndre Hunter to the Washington Wizards, and it would be, make a lot of sense. I mean, University of Virginia, you know, UVA fans are Wizards yep. fans, yep. Or vice versa. It'd be awesome, and Stay I'd area. love to see that happen. Another UVA guy, Ryan Zimmerman, on the Nationals uh, went to UVA, so you know there's a couple of UVA alums already in DC sports. But uh, Romeo Langford. Uh, that was that was someone we talked about uh, a little bit on the last show. I feel like Romeo Langford. I feel like is a top twenty pick. I think will go to the Nets.
0: I, yeah, I, uh, the thing I'm most excited for is this lottery to see where teams fall. I, it's again, it's, any, it's the lottery. Anything can happen. But I do see the Knicks getting the first overall pick, and then from there, it's you know it's almost anybody's game. But there's so many great names that could elevate their game and take it's nice phenomenal
1: level. this year i i can say i it's funny you said that i'm actually this is probably the first time in a couple of years i've been really satisfied with the nba draft class and this is like you said great names bull bull with the potential of <laughs> this guy yeah, i'm reading ai read a mock draft earlier that See said, what
0: seven five seven six i read
1: a mock draft that said he was going to the san antonio spurs and and god i could totally see it i could i actually you know what i get the things greg
0: popovich that, could do for bull bull
1: if if he slips because he just declared for the draft today, by the way, if he slips, PJ Washington from Kentucky, I think he could go to the Sixers if he slips back. That's wow, 24. what a pickup that would be for them. Yeah.
0: The Sixers are definitely an interesting team to watch. If we got if we got time, maybe we'll talk a little NBA playoffs. There's a
1: couple of guys, Ty Jerome. You mentioned him earlier. I mean, he's he's a top 30 pick. He Man, the slip thing back. the
0: thing about Ty Jerome that really separates his game, and I mm-hmm. think that. Uh, I am not saying he's going to be a top 10 pick. I don't You've know if he's even going to be a lottery big on pick. Him. You've been but you watching your in your eyes watching your that guy. You know what it was? It was one play. All yeah, I saw it was, was that one it play. was when he drove on the right <laughs> side and he co- the defense collapsed on him and he made a no look between three guys one-handed dart yeah. to Kyle Guy in the corner for a 3 and then the same thing from the other side with the other hand to DeAndre Hunter in the corner. <laughs> yeah. The way that guy sees the floor, that's what elevates to the next level. Yeah. That's what makes your game successful in the NBA is can you see the floor, can you shoot the ball with some consistency and, you know, can you just can you play defense? And I think that guy Ty, I think Ty Jerome can be that guy. I'm not. I'm not saying he's going to be an All Star next year. I don't know if he'll ever be an All Star. I don't know if he'll get drafted in the first round. I just think he has so much potential to be able to take his game to the next level. And personally, I really loved what I saw from from uh, saw from Ty Jerome last night.
1: Okay, so for the record, I did say indeed that Carson Edwards could be a top fifteen pick. Now that he is one. I said top 25. This guy has Carson Edwards going 38. I truly believe that's Yikes. <laughs> I believe that's disrespectful. They're I'm disrespecting
0: at, our boy Carson Edwards. They're disrespecting our boy Admiral Schofield.
1: The only one that I'm in agreement with here, I'm, I'm looking at this right now, is Grant Williams going to go into Orlando. I love the nine pick oh for Grant Williams. Grant Williams. I love that pick. Going to Orlando to join Markel Falls. Grant Williams Australia.
0: is like a... I, I like him like Draymond Green almost. Oh uh, PJ Tucker, another name he's been... Um, P.J. Tucker, put, put, put yeah,
1: with... phenomenal player, too. Yeah, And then Darius, you know, another player from Vanderbilt, Darius Garland. I heard that Magic may pick him at 16 or, excuse me, at 15 with that pick. If they get Garland at 15 with that pick and then they go 33 to Grant Williams, they got the Tennessee Vanderbilt wow. pick. The Tennessee Vanderbilt rivalry right there in one one little scope.
0: That's that's the key to success in the NBA is draft young, good talent, and build around them. Yeah, that's definitely. what we've seen.
1: Okay, Taco Fall. I mean, listen, we got to talk about it. Is Taco Fall getting drafted?
0: I want to – I think he's – I mean, I don't see him in the first round, but I think he should get drafted. I don't know why you would pass on a guy like that.
1: Let me tell you – let me spark this one right in your Who's, head.
0: Who is – okay, Taylor, you're going to have to remind Who was the guy that got drafted like two years ago that everyone thought was like 17, but he he's from somewhere in Africa, and he oh. plays for the Milwaukee Bucks?
1: I'm blanking yep, on the name. No idea, but I'm
0: going to look it up while you let talk.
1: Me, let me put this thought in your head right now. Welcome to the Toronto Raptors, Taco Fall. Whoa, Taco Fall, future Toronto. Raptors. You're like a
0: bigger Pascal Siakam. Yes,
1: I don't yeah. hate that. Do you, I don't.
0: I don't hate that pick.
1: Listen, the Raptors got a 59th pick. They're they're picking 59th. I mean, if you look at the bottom barrel there and some of the names that are gonna pop up right around that time, Taco Fall could easily get thrown in somewhere there, and I think the Raptors makes sense. I think Taco
0: Fall definitely deserves, definitely deserves to get drafted at the least. I mean, he's a guy that can. He's just got so much size to him. I don't know how you can pass on a guy that's not just skinny and awkward with that kind of size. The guy, is so, someone that's confident in, with the ball.
1: Here's my question: Is Aubrey Dawkins? Is, is, did he declare for the draft?
0: Not that I know of
1: from UCF. Because this mock draft has Aubrey Dawkins going to the Bucks.
0: Now that's a pickup. That, he would fit right fit in with right the Bucks. With Chris Middleton. I Eric do Bledsoe, love that pick.
1: Giannis. I mean, the Bucks are good, and they add. You got Bledsoe, Middleton. You know, Giannis and. Oh, my gosh Aubrey Dawkins we're having ace oh my gosh we're having AC fantasies right now
0: well that's a uh, Taylor looks like we're wrapping up a yeah, little we're, bit we're,
1: but we're, we're getting we're getting kind of distant here right now we're looking at mock Yeah,
0: <laughs> you got any final thoughts on this tournament we can you know, end with
1: I, I had a good time this year uh, definitely exceeded my expectations not my much but it did um, I had the winner wrong I was so naive I had Houston going to my final four I don't know what I was doing Duke was my national champion um i did believe in virginia though I'm, I'm very happy at least um that i had virginia going deep in this tournament i was definitely a believer in them but duke winning it all that was my big regret in my tournament at least or in my bracket sorry
0: hey, amen we're never gonna have a good bracket it's just we gotta we gotta come to the acceptance that it's not gonna happen
1: yeah never i mean i lost some money off this but hey listen it's part of it
0: that's that's just the way the game goes thanks it's so much for it. coming on taylor all
1: right thank you man